0: and turn back to Daniel chapter 3. If you want an outline of the sermon, it'll come right from the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 3. I'll meet you there in just a moment. You know, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to preach God's Word this morning uh, for the brethren here. I'm I'm thankful uh, for Bible class. We had a really good Bible class, I thought, and, and so I'm appreciative of everybody's comments and uh, I, I wanted to say that I've, I've tried to come around and, and meet a lot of people. Um, if I haven't met you, I, I'd like to meet you. And if you'd like to meet me, uh, afterward, I'll be standing right here at these back doors. If you want to slip away, this this door right here is a good one. And this one right here, I think, works as well. Um, just make sure you hit those side doors first. And don't walk slowly, because I will track you down. So... Yeah you know, the the sermon title this morning is is not not original to me although the contents um are things that I've uh, put in here uh but the idea is is and the points come from this title and is very classic you know they they yeah. wouldn't bow they wouldn't bend and they wouldn't burn and so I want to talk about three men who stood up uh among great adversity and did what was right and they came out on top, and so I'd like to talk about that with you this morning. Let's go ahead, turn over to Daniel chapter three. We'll start in verse one. Daniel three, uh, well, verses one through thirteen it says Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the satraps, the deputies, and the governors the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the satraps, the deputies and the governors, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore... At that time, when all the peoples heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the peoples, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and brought accusation against the Jews. They answered and said to Nebuchadnezzar the king, "'O king, live forever!' Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews... Whom thou hast appointed over the fairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. They wouldn't bow. Brethren, you know, so many times people, when they come up against situations where there is adversity and what do people do? They go, well, you know, I don't really mean what I'm going to do. What what if they had said that? Oh, we we don't really mean it. We don't really believe in this image. We're just going to bow down to it. What's the harm in that, right? What's the harm in bowing down to this image? Well, you know what? The harm is that God had before this time had said, don't you fall down and do these things. Don't you worship any image that is created by man. This is not what it is for. You, know, you need to worship God. You need to worship me and him only, you know. And, and so they wouldn't bow. They, they would not bow down to another God. Not even if they didn't mean it. This wasn't a matter of conscience. It was a matter of Righteousness. If they were going to do the right thing or not, they understood God's authority. God comes before men all the time, every single time. In Acts five and verse twenty-nine, it says, you, know, "You think think about what has gone on here. These uh, men, preachers, brethren." have been captured they've been taken prisoners and you know they they're they're going to be beaten and all these different things and they're told you know what we will let you go we'll let you go but just just don't preach anymore don't preach about this Jesus just don't do it and they said what well you know what you're right we just won't preach Jesus anymore what well, they say it is better to obey God rather than men Oh, but you know what? We we wouldn't have meant it, right? We would have really been believers. No, it's, it's not about that, is it, brethren? It's not about whether or not they would have meant it. It's about whether they were going to do it or not. It's a matter of righteousness, not a matter of conscience. So they wouldn't bow down. They literally would not bow down to this image. And brethren, we should not bow down either. And I'm going to make an illustration here. We we don't need to bow down to the pressures of this world. If you look at first John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, it says this love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world. The love of the Father is not in Him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the vainglory of life, it is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, and he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We do not need to bow down to the pressures of, these, of this world. You know, one of the things that has really really bothered me over the years and probably has bothered you as well is when brethren when brethren they they see things that are happening in the world and they act just like the people that we read about so many times in the Old Testament remember how uh, it it seems like they kind of had ADD back then every time they saw something shiny you know they were distracted from what was right you know they, they here they are, and they cry out to God, and they say, "God, please help us." And then, then God comes and helps them. And then, next thing you know, they're worshiping some image. They are doing something contrary to the will of God. They have forgotten Him. We do not need to bow down to any types of pressures in this world. We don't need to go and follow suit. We don't need to go and 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 just in indulge ourselves in temptations and lust and whatnot you yeah, know there's plenty of things in this world that that can be a temptation to people and and you can think of all sorts of things but but we don't need to let anything get in between us and the lord well what are some things that could get in between us and the lord well basically anything but we'll name a few you know well, some some people let's let's start with some easy ones okay Drugs, right? Yeah, drugs. That could get in the way between you and God very easily. Anything about alcohol? Those, those things. Lust, yeah. Lust could be one. What about money? Oh yeah, money could be one. Let's take let's take that a step further. What about your job? Could your job come in between you and the Lord? Very much so. It could very well do that. I've known of people that, you know, they would not not work on, on Sunday, and I'm thankful for that. But I've known of those same people having a hard time getting jobs because they would not work on Sunday. Brethren, we have to ask ourselves what is more important to us. Now I know, I know we've got to make our own decisions here, but, but brethren, don't let anything come in between you and God, ever. Because once you give that little bit, the devil's going to get you. Maybe you've heard that 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 phrase. You know, you give give the devil an inch, and what? He'll be your ruler. Brethren, we do not let need to let things get in the way of God. I have a thought here. We, we often talk about this. Have you ever thought how many other Jews were there? How many other Jews were there? Well, we only read of three that they were upset with. It's only Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but... You know, just my cursory knowledge of this, right? It, it there had to be a lot more Jews there, right? Did they bow down? It seems so, doesn't it? But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego—they they weren't. You know, I, it's it's interesting to me. I think about this concept. You know, I I, I think about how you know these these three men. They just they stood up. They stood up for what was right, no matter what the consequences were. And they knew what the consequences were beforehand, right? They knew that it was death, and so they just stood there. And I, I I think about it from time to time. You know, whenever you know you're going against the flow, right? When you go against the flow, and you know sometimes you'll see people that know that they're supposed to be going against that flow, and they, they start looking around saying. Well, is anybody else standing up? I'll stand up if somebody else is. But I'm not doing it by myself. Have you seen people kind of do that? But these men, they didn't have a problem, did they? (laughs) Just three of them, huh? Doesn't matter. We are going to stand for what's right no matter what. No matter what was going to happen, they would not bow. And you know what? They wouldn't bend. Let's look at the next set of verses here. 14 through 18. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said unto them, Is it of purpose, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that ye serve not my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made? Well, but... If you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer thee in this matter. I like the, what the King James, I'm using the American Standard Version. The King James Version says, well, I, I don't, we, we don't have to be careful about this. We don't have to be careful They they didn't have to be careful in that matter. Verse 17, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They wouldn't bow, and they weren't going to bend on that, were they? They were not going to bend it. You know, you look at what the king does, and he says, "Look, I'll give you another chance, right? If you're, if you'll do what I say, everything's going to work out just fine, right? Just do whatever, whatever it is I want you to do. Just do it. Just listen to the music. You fall down, worship the image. Everything is set straight." Yeah, Yeah, I can, I can see some what some people do at that point. You know. That king, yeah, he is a reasonable guy. I'll tell you what. Yeah, here I thought that I was going to die. But he said that if I could do that now, I'm going to do that now. I guess I'm just going to bow down to the image. He's he's a reasonable guy. I'll, I'll just. But you know what? They didn't do that, did they? They said, oh, <laughs> we don't even have to even think about this answer. We're not. We're not even have to. We're not going to bow down to this image. We're not going to do it. There. There is nothing that you can say that will make us do that. And I love. I love the faith that these men have. He looked back at, at um, verse seventeen. It says, "Look, you know our God, who we serve, He's able to deliver us." He is able to save us from this. So you can throw us in that furnace, and he's able to save us even from that. But I like, I like this thought. Because see in the denominational world, what do people do? Well, I've got faith, and I believe that God's going to do this. Well, we can believe God's going to do something all day long. That doesn't necessarily mean that God's going to do it. So what did they say? Yeah. So we believe that God can save us from this. They didn't say he's going to. They said, this is a possibility. Okay, and then he says this, look. He's able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, Okay. And he is able to deliver us even out of your hand. But if not, then look. He's able to do this. But guess what? If we go ahead and and he does not deliver us. Just understand this. We are not. Going to worship your gods. And we are not. Going to bow down. To that image. Oh the faith. Right? Oh the faith that. That these men had. And. And have passed on to us. You know, we we can't bend when it comes to doing what's right. You know, we can't say, "Well, you know, our our denominational friends, you know, they they make some good points." You know, let's let's just go along with whatever it is. You know, they're being reasonable. Let's just. Let's just go ahead and teach that, you know, maybe baptism isn't always necessary. Let's let's think. No, we we don't need to bend on the truth. In John 17, 17, what does that say? Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You know, this idea... And this, this kills me, and I hope it kills you too. But the idea that, you know what, you believe what you believe, I'll believe what I believe, we're all going to heaven, we're just going different ways. You've heard that, right? Well, you believe what you believe, I'll believe what I believe. Everybody's all fine and dandy. Does that make any sense? Uh, I, I'll, I'll give us a challenge. If we want to believe that, let's let's go ahead and test it out first somewhere else. You know, because if we're going to have a theory, we need to test that theory, right? Let's test that in the court of law. How about that? Got a murderer, right? Murderers on trial. You know what? He gets up there, his lawyer gets up and says, hey, who believes that this man committed the murder? All these people raise their hand. Who believes that he is innocent? Now, other people raise their hand. You believe what you believe, and we'll believe what we'll believe, and we're all just going to be Happy about the outcome of this, right? That's not what's going to happen. You know, if that's what happened in a court of law, would would you get upset? Do you think most people would get upset? I guarantee you, most people would get upset. And if you weren't upset, it's because you're not in the right mind. You know, so so you you think about that, brethren, and this idea. You know, you believe what you believe, and I believe that does that doesn't work. I've also heard people say, "You know what? I just don't want to argue about it, so we'll just not talk about it." Well, brethren, first of all, we don't really need to be arguing. I guess you know. I mean, at some point in time, we can. We it does come to that, but when we're initially talking with people, it shouldn't be an argument. You know, we should be discussing things, and we should be opening up the Bible and and searching the scriptures with. With these people, but then sometimes people go, you know what? I, I I just don't want to argue with you. You know, you think about that, brethren. Um, that thought, all that's saying is, I want to be blissfully ignorant. I don't want to know the truth. Brethren, we all should want to know what the truth is. We can't bend when it comes to the truth. Truth is absolute. You know, these men, they the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were not going to go back on what they had done. They weren't going to go back and say, you know what, the king was being kind of reasonable. Let's just go with what he says. No, they, they said, you know, we are taking a stand. And, and, and no matter what kind of threat you throw away, it doesn't matter. Because we're going to do what's right. Another thing that we can't bend on, brethren, is sin. We can't bend when it comes to sin. You know, I've heard people say this. Now, if, if, if you're, you're you know, not paying attention right now, pay attention to this. Okay, pay attention right now. People will say this this thought. They'll say, you know, when it comes to sin, you know, well, it's not that bad, It's not that bad. Come on, it's not that bad bowing down to the image, right? It can't be that bad. It's not, it's, you know what we're doing when we're saying it's not that bad? It's still bad though, right? It's still saying it's bad. It's just, it's not as bad as what everybody thinks, okay? Now, brethren, I'll tell you what. Um... I uh, there are there are certain things that I just will not do. I'll tell you that right now. Um, and this is one of them. Okay, <laughs> if I were to bring a water bottle in here, and, and let's say that you are just dying of thirst and you're ready to, you're ready to drink some water. And I say that facetiously. You're not dying of thirst. You're just really thirsty, right? So you come in here. You're really thirsty. It's been a hot day. And and I said, all right, well. I've got you some water here. It's nice, cold, refreshing water. Um, but I will tell you this before I give it to you: that I also took this dropper. I went over to the toilet. I took some water out of there, and I put some of that water in with this water bottle. Enjoy. You know what? What are you going to do? You can have. Your coli back, okay? Just take that. I'm not. I'm not going to do that, right? You know that's disgusting. I know some people out there probably thinking, well, how clean was that toilet? But no, that's that's gross. I don't care how clean it is. It's gross, right? You don't want that. Well, it's just a little bad. It's mostly good, but it's a little bad. You can enjoy the mostly good, right? We don't need to be caught up in things that are just a little bad. Because it's still bad. It's still wrong. You know, one of the things that uh, killed me, I used to be a youth minister, and the, man, the, these teenagers, I love working with teenagers. This one question, I, I, I'll I say I hated this question. It was terrible. I, I hated answering this question. Inevitably, somebody along the way, would come up to me and say, Matt, how far is too far? And what they meant by that was, is you know, I've got a boyfriend and I've got a girlfriend. I want to know how far I can go physically before it's wrong. And so they they, they, they asked me a question. I go, at first I can't remember what my response was. I can't remember. That. And then I got to the point where I was just so fed up. I just finally said, look... You come in, you're asking me that question. Your heart's already not in the right place. You can't ask how far is too far. Let's see how close to the line that we can get before it's wrong. Let's see how close we can get there. brother. that is not what Christians want to do. You know, when it comes to sin, we want to be far from it. Brethren, if it's wrong, we just need to stand firm and say, we are going to follow the truth. Another thing I see from this passage here is that they put that immense faith in God. You know, they said, look, you know, we're, we're not even, we don't even have to think about how we're going to answer this. Because we already know we we're going to follow God and we're not going to bow down. We're not going to worship any other God. We need to put our faith in God, just like they did. You know, we need to ask ourselves questions like this. You know, uh, do we want to grow? Right? We, yeah. You know, I think I've got every every place I have ever been, whether I've, I've worked with them full time or I've visited with them and preached or whatever. Now I think every place that I have visited, every congregation has said, "We want to grow." You know, so. All right, that's, that's a common thing. We want to grow. Now, how do we want to grow? How do we want to grow? Well, I think most of the time we think numerically. Well, we'll grow numerically. And I've heard people say, well, you know, we don't need to uh, worry about numbers. Uh, I, I disagree with that to the extent that numbers equal souls. So I think that's still a good thing. I think that growing to have numbers is good. That's, that's a good thing. But first and foremost, what do we need to do with growth? We need to grow for ourselves. We need to be able to answer like these men did. Be at that point spiritually where we do not even think twice about doing what's right. We're just going to do what's right. When we ask ourselves questions like this, you know, do we want to grow? We need to ask ourselves other questions like... Are we following God? If we're following God, he, he'll he'll help us to grow. Are we are we going to seek and save the lost? That was what Christ came to do. That's what he said in Luke chapter seventeen. He came to seek and save the lost. So we got to do that. Well, you know, are we are we doing that? You know, well, are we going to grow? You know, we can grow if we have faith, but we have to do these other things. And last but certainly not least, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't bend, and they most definitely would not burn. Let's look at verse nineteen through the end of the chapter. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should be uh, that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it was wont to be heated, And he commanded certain mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their hosen, their tunics, and their mantles, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men That took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste. And he spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the aspect of the fourth is like the son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace. He spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of the fire. And the satraps, the deputies, and the governors, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men that the fire had no power upon their bodies Nor was the hair of their head singed, neither were their hosen changed, nor had the smell of fire passed on them. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word, and have yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god." Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. And their houses shall be made of dunghill because there is no other God that is able to deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So you look at this. I want to go back to verses 24 and 25. There's a difference here in the American standard and rightfully so. The uh, King James Version, uh, as well as most of the other translations, I believe, uh, come down here and they say, look, the, verse 25, it says that uh, the aspect of the fourth is like the Son of God, is what most translations say. But this is actually right. The American Standard has it right. I love the American Standard because it's it's just meticulously accurate. And when it, when it comes down to this, it says it looks like the Son of a god. It wasn't saying necessarily that this was Jesus, that's what most people want to say, but that's not necessarily the truth. Uh, I guess that that's a possibility, but that's that's not that's not what we see here. What we're seeing here is that there is uh, a supernatural being that is in there with them and he calls it an angel later on. So I don't know if if you know there's discussion here that happens, I don't know, but the point is simply this. Nebuchadnezzar does not personally know deity. What he does know is what he sees. And when he looks into the furnace and he sees four men, he says, look, there's, there's three. But the fourth one, the three men we sent in, but then the fourth one looks different and looks majestic. And so that, that's what he's saying there. But I, I love this passage because, you know, that, you look at this. They literally wouldn't burn. You know, as a kid, you, you see this and you're going, wow, this is amazing. I still think it's amazing. Yeah, you know, they, they, they didn't have even the smell of fire on them. You know, nothing. They were in the midst of the fire. They don't even smell like fire. Nothing has, their clothes are, are, are not burnt and gone, they're they're still whole, everything is fine, no hairs on their head are singed, nothing, everything is right, everything is perfect. They were saved, God saved them. And you know, the main thing that I wanted to put down right here is this, God saved them from fire. And God can save us from fire as well. Now, not in the, in the this physical sense, but when we, we think about an eternity, God can save us from that. If we let Him. But we have to be faithful to Him, we have to do what's right, we have to follow His Word. Maybe it is that there's someone here who has not yet become a Christian and you'd like to do that this morning. Well, the, there, there's some easy things that you have to do. The first is already done. You've you've been here. You've heard the word of God, and so you know, that that's Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So you have to hear and then believe. John three sixteen. For God loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. So here, believe, repent. Uh, Luke thirteen three. I tell you, nay, but unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. So here, believe, repent, and then confess. Matthew ten thirty two and thirty three. Uh, that is uh, done daily. Uh, that if we confess Christ before men, He will confess us before the Father. But if we deny Him, He will deny us before the Father. Uh, so uh, here, believe, repent, confess, and then we must be baptized in Christ. First Peter three twenty one. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. It's not like taking a bath. It is, it is a, a spiritual thing happening. It's not a physical thing. Uh, so here, believe, repent, confess, be baptized, and then last but not least, is to live a faithful Christian life. Revelation 2 and verse 10, be thou faithful unto death, and thou shalt receive a crown of life. Maybe it is that you have already become a Christian, but you know that there is something in your life that you need to change, and you need some prayers from the congregation. Maybe you need to even repent publicly. Whatever the case, if there is anybody that needs a response to invitation, please come as we stand and as we sing. I am
1: resolved no longer to linger, by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. I will hasten to him, hasten so glad and free, Jesus greatest to the Savior, leaving my sin and strife. He is the true one, he is the just one, he hath the words of life. I will hasten to him, hasten so glad Saviour, faithful and true, each day. He what He saith, do what He will. He is the living way. I will hasten to Him, hasten so gladly. kingdom, leaving the paths of